If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that uh, I occasionally veer off from the fly fishing track. I go down a rabbit hole, but always bring it back and always try to provide a little extra value for you. Sometimes I'm on spot and sometimes it doesn't resonate with absolutely everyone, but I hope you have come to expect and enjoy some of this part of the podcast. Today uh, is another veering off point, and I hope that uh, this will help you um, learn a little more and uh, maybe protect your boat out there as you go. I've got a, a solution to a common struggle that many people with uh, drift boats uh, with drift boats have. And uh, sh- this, we'll talk about how to protect the bottom of your boat and how to uh, provide a little better um, a little better use of your boat. So today, I've got Wetlander on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going today? Uh, Scott Hogan breaks down the reasons why Wetlander has become the perfect product for the bottom of your drift boat. Scott tells us why uh, this will help you get down the river easier, how it will protect your boat, and uh, and some tips on applying it if you're going to do it yourself. Before we get started, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Angler's Coffee roasts a full range of coffees with one goal in mind, delivering excellent coffee to every single angler. And I'm one of those anglers who's been loving Angler's Coffee. Great tasting, robust, and good to go. They just released a new subscription program, and you can get 20% off this box and all products at anglerscoffee.com. Just use the coupon code WETFLYSWING at checkout to get 20% off of great coffee today. That's anglerscoffee.com. In today's world of mass-produced products, Stonefly Nets has reclaimed the tradition of handcrafted care with their custom wood landing nets. Stonefly's goal is to create a unique custom classic wood net that are second to none in quality and can be customized for that little extra touch. Please head over to wetflyswing.com stonefly to get your custom net today. That's wetflyswing.com stonefly to get started right now. So without further ado, here is Scott Hogan from wetlander.com. How's it going, Scott? Great, Dave. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for coming on here. It's uh, hey, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah. This has been awesome. We we've, we've had a little bit of chat, uh, you know, kind of on email about getting you on. I heard about you first, I think, through Koffler Boats, and now yeah. that I've been researching you guys out there, I mean, it's like Wetlander is everywhere. You got all these people in the forums talking about, you know, what do you use, and everybody's like Wetlander, Wetlander. So I think you guys are doing something right. Uh, we're gonna dig into all that, but first, talk about kind of how you got into this space. Maybe just start us off with like, how did the whole Wetlander thing, you know, come to be? Sure, sure. So I actually work for an industrial coatings company called Wearlon. And Wearlon, all we do is manufacture slick, flexible, nonstick, two-part epoxies for various industries, whether it's construction space, aerospace, um, manufacturing. And Wetlander grew out of guys on a job site were using one of our coatings to coat steel pylons, which are then driven into the ground to make, you know, foundations for buildings and bridges and things like that. So they, they apply this coating to make it slide through the ground better as it's being jammed in. Um, and guys on the crew were like, well, this would be great for my, my airboat. And so they, somebody contacted us. I hadn't worked at the company at that point, but somebody contacted Wearlon and talked about it and they applied it to their airboat 
And it kind of grew from there. We gave it a, a non-technical name. We called it Wetlander as opposed to the, the chemical epoxy name. And uh, launched a website, an online store. And I make it sound easy, but this <laughs> happened. <laughs> you know, this was a long slog to go from uh, an industrial epoxy to introducing it to people, again, starting with airboats. Um, and then it just exploded from there, basically. And John boaters and um, mud boaters and jet boaters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're familiar with the drift boat yeah. aspect of it. And guys in the drift boat world just love it um, because you guys are used to a certain type of coating. Yep. Um, that those two that have been in the space before and uh, we just were just better. And so people really, really have latched on to it. And I yeah. could not be happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the typical, at least the stuff we've taught in Koffler was on. We talked about this a little bit, but Glove It used to be, or still is. I think it's out there. It's actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've still got it on the bottom. I haven't uh, used the Wetlander yet, but I'm planning on it. And uh, yeah, but the issue with Glove It is, is that it, it gets hard and then it breaks off in chunks, and it's just right. a, it's a hassle. <clears throat> so explain, you know, for somebody out there, we're going to have some people that have drift boats, and uh, you know, you know, specifically aluminum, but. How yeah. do they use this thing? How does this work? All right. So with Glove It, it's, you know, that's 100% solid, very hard. But the, the failure point is just what you, you mentioned. It's almost too hard. It cracks, it breaks, and it starts to fall away in chunks. And so you have to flip your boat over, scrape off all the old stuff or grind it off, and then apply new. The Wetlander system is much, much different. It's much more flexible. It has better adhesion. It's easily slicker than glove it or, or coat it. And um, you apply it by just rolling out a base coat of primer, which is also slick. And then the next day applying a top coat, which we call wetlander top coat. And that's very, very slick. So you build up those two layers and, and that's it. From then on, you never have to flip your boat over again. If you have spots that wear away over time, and they will, depending on how you use your mm -hmm. boat, you just roll on more top coat in those spots. Oh, wow. So it's a system you're always adding to if you need to. You never should have to flip over, grind off, and reapply. You just add to it, basically just topping it off as you need to. So it's super easy to repair. Wow. How do you, once you get it on... Um and I think, again, Cothra, I'll put a link to the show notes that he talked about how to do it. Um, they, yeah. they do it for you. I think for, I think it depends on what you have, but I think roughly they'll do it for like between six and 800 bucks. You know, they'll do the whole thing. They'll, I think they'll strip, you know, I think that's where the cost for them comes in is that they. Sure. The labor yeah. and the time of stripping off the old stuff is really the hardest part. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. So. So once you get, uh, so if you're going to DIY it, do it yourself, you know, you, yeah. or, or if you have a new boat, basically, like you said, you, you primer it and then you put on this coat. How long, once you get it on, and obviously it depends on how much you use it, but how do you know when you need to add spots and then how long does typically an average person, you you know, get out of it? Sure. You so you know it's time to put on some more top coat when you can see the aluminum or the gel coat okay. in spots, uh, depending on what, what kind of boat you have. Um, but um you know, that's the easiest way to do it. And sorry, I, I missed the second part. You had a two part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was the so, so the first part was, um, yeah, I mean, how uh, how do you know? And then the other thing is just on the average, I mean, this is probably a hard right. question, but on the average person, say a drift boater, you know, how long it, do some people get like a lifetime out of this without recoding? Yeah, but those people probably don't go out and use a drift boat the way it, <laughs> it should be used, you know? 
they might be going out four or five times a year and not getting really into shallow water. Yeah, I, I guess maybe go to maybe a guide than somebody that uses the boat, you know, a couple hundred Absolutely. days a year. Yeah. Yep. So the guides that we have, they go probably every year to three, depending on how many days they're on the water and the style um, and, and how the style of river and, and how, you know, conditions, how, how low the rivers have been and, and where they're getting to. Okay. Um, so most guides can go easily a year. They might go two years. They might go three years before they have to get a little extra top coat and roll it on just, just to touch it up. Gotcha. And, and how do you put, uh, you know, it's, you roll it on, right? Just like paint. Is that like, is that how you, yeah, do it? it's just like rolling paint on a wall. It's super, super simple. Um, again, the hardest part is removing all the old stuff off the boat. Okay. And, and again, just as we're walking through, I'm sure there's YouTube videos out there and people could, I'll put a link to one of those on how to do it. But just so we're talking about it on the podcast here. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously even painting isn't always that easy, but I mean, so you roll, so you got this, this stuff, I mean, it's drying. I mean, how, you know, are you doing multiple coats? Just walk sure, through that Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll give you the, the, the quick, fast and dirty, um, yeah. without trying to get into too many details. So let's assume an aluminum boat, you get her flipped over, um, you remove all the old glove it or coat it or even factory paint job, whatever's on there. Um, and you do that with, in any way you can, uh, with glove it, you can usually use a heat gun and it'll get hot and turn it into syrup and you can scrape it off with a putty knife. If it's coated, you usually have to just grind it off um, with aggressive sandpaper or a flappy disc on a grinder. But I mean, that's the hard work. That's that's a solid day sometimes yep. for a lot of guys. And our goal is to get down to, in the case of aluminum, and we can go back to gel coat, but in the case of aluminum, we want to get down to fresh, clean, shiny aluminum. We want to expose fresh, clean aluminum so there's nothing else on there to inhibit adhesion and then you do that with 150 grit so you're going to finish with 150 grit sandpaper and then wipe everything down with acetone or water don't use mineral spirits don't use turpentine use acetone or water and that's just to remove your sanding dust and any fingerprints or you know pollen that was in the mm. air as you were doing it that kind of stuff so now the boat's all ready to go you get good painters tape and you apply it around the edge of the boat where you want your paint line to be. And we actually have a kit with painter's tape and rollers and hmm. sandpaper that you can buy on the website for really, really inexpensive. It's the stuff we use. Yeah. And then so you, you've found your line now and then you just catalyze the product, the primer. And that just means mixing an A with a B very hmm. simply and then rolling it out. And my advice is always you're going to apply all of the primer in one day. So you probably, if you listen to me, you'll get a two-layer kit in half-gallon containers. You'll apply, you're, you'll catalyze the whole thing, and you'll get a couple, couple, two, three coats out of that half-gallon. So you'll roll out the first coat of primer. As soon as it's dry to touch, you roll out the second coat. As soon as that, that's dry to touch, you roll out the third coat. And these are going to be relatively thin coats. It's going to be, again, a lot like rolling paint on a wall. The first coat's going to look bad just like painting a wall, the second coat's going to clean it up and get a lot better. If you have more coats in your rolling pan, just keep rolling it out until it's all gone. So that's the primer. And you do that one day, and then you let that primer layer cure for at least 24 hours. So we want to make sure that that primer is fully cured before we apply the top coat, because the top coat's going to trap everything in there. So that primer is cured for at least 24 hours now. 
you go back and very lightly scuff that primer layer because it is slick and it's got nonstick and slick attributes to it. You just have to give it a quick scuff mm. with some 220 grit, not on a machine, just by hand. Quick scuff, and then you wipe that sanding dust up with just a damp rag to remove all that dust, which could inhibit adhesion. So now the primer's on there, you've scuffed it, you've wiped it clean, and now you catalyze your top coat and you roll that on. You just repeat the exact same process. Roll out a coat as soon as it's dry to touch, roll out another coat. Keep doing that until it's all gone. Then you pull your tape and you walk away and you leave it for seven days. <laughs> just hmm. don't, don't touch it. Um, in the summertime, you can, if you could do this outside in the sunshine, that helps a lot. You bake it on there a little bit. That's always good for an epoxy. Otherwise, you just sit and, and let it cure. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That, that's, you know, it's good. It, it doesn't sound that difficult. I mean, obviously there's steps, but when I listen to it, I just think like, okay, I, I definitely am going to take my boat into Koffler and get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot. It, you're going to burn a weekend. Yeah. Right. But just removing the old coating, getting it ready. And then the painting is easy. It's just like any paint job. Painting is easy. It's fast and it's easy. It's the prep work that takes up 95% of your, of your time and effort. Um, but yeah. you're basically just rolling it out and then watching it dry. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I guess the other issue is if you didn't have a, a good garage, that would also be a challenge, right? If, if you had, had rain or During something. the winter months. Yeah. Right, right. In the summer, you can just do it outside. Do it outside. Okay. All right. So the, yeah, that clarifies uh, pretty straightforward as far as what you need to do. And then, you know, as far as the boats, we're talking aluminum, are there other boat types? I mean, cause we've talked about, you know, I guess the fiberglass are kind of known as slick boats already, but are you doing any, any other materials for boats? No, no. We also do gel coat slash fiberglass boats. Um, the, the wetlander has no problem getting good adhesion to gel coat. Um, so it's the exact same procedure too. You yeah. just flip it over 150 grit, wipe it clean, tape off, add primer, add top coat, let it sit. That's gotcha. It. So, so, so there are other types. So you might have a big, I'm just thinking like why the benefit of wetlander for aluminum boat is that it's, the slickness is a huge thing because that's what a lot of people used to complain about with the other stuff. Yeah. Be like it'd stick. And then all the, all the fiberglass boats would say, Hey, our boats are slick. They slide over. But it seems like now you've got this boat that basically is as slick as maybe a fiberglass boat, but why would a way it's going to be much, much, much slicker than oh, the gel coated fiberglass. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. So, so even, In fact, the first yeah. time I always tell people when I talk to them on the phone, they say, well, I'm really excited after they order. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> once you get your, your, you've used this boat for a while, the way it's been, but now you have to completely change your launch procedure right. because <laughs> It is now so much slicker than they're used than you're used to. So do not take off that bow line until you're ready for it to be in the water because it's gonna slide Amazing. right off. And everybody laughs. And I'm like, you just don't get it. And then I get a call a week later, hey man, you were right. I dumped <laughs> it in the launch. So everybody listening, if you put this on your boat, please be careful the first time out. It's gonna want to fly off the trailer. And that's just a fact. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think of a lot of the people out here are familiar with some of the boat launches we have. And some of them are like hundred feet down a wooden slide into a steep. Right. You know what I mean, and, and that one, yeah, yeah. even, even if you got a sticky boat, you got to be careful. But so this is going to be cool. And I, and the bonus here is that obviously, so you have the slickness, but the durability is that, I mean, is that part of, I just think of like, again, aluminum, you can dent the crap out of the bottom of boats. Yep. If you hit rocks, does this help with the, the, that denning? 
It does because because of its slickness, it's it kind of vectors off the forces a little bit. I mean, it's not. It doesn't help with impact yeah. resistance as much as it just vectors off the force, kind of like um, I don't know what's it, like uh, when boxers put Vaseline on their cheeks. Oh yeah, to prevent the friction burns. It's, ah. it's kind of like that. It's it's so slick it, you can't get as much force unless it, unless it's a dead on impact. Yeah. So if you've got a huge craggly rock and it's pointing in just the right direction, yeah, wetlander is not going to help you no. much. You're yeah. going to take some damage. Yeah. But if it's a flattish rock and you can just glance off it much better with wetlander than you could with another coating or gotcha. definitely bare aluminum. Gotcha. It's it's helping people in those in those bony rivers where they tend to get hung up and potentially spun around where it could be dangerous yeah, is so one of the, the selling points, I think. That's it. So it's almost more, the slickness might even be more of the, the big feature that, that people love. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It that's allows it. boats to get to places where other boats tend not to be able to that's get right. to. That's Okay. So so basically, if you had a, say, Adipose Boat Works, one of these other fiberglass boats, yeah. it, it could be helpful to put a coating because you're just going to be a slicker boat now. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What about, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, conservation minded people and I'm just curious on the material. Is there, I mean, this thing sure. sounds like it just dries and all that stuff, but are, are there any, like, what's it made of? Is it, is it pretty good for the environment, that sort of stuff? Yeah. So it's, it's considered a, a relatively low VOC product because it's, um, it's, it's solvent is water. It's a water-based epoxy. So it doesn't have any xylene or toluene or anything like that in it. So it's considered very inert. Once it's cured, it's completely inert. Um, but even when you're using it and applying it, it's not fumy. It's not going to kill you. You don't have to wear a, a hazmat oh, cool. suit. It's not a hazardous material. We yep. ship it back and forth all over the place with no issues. There's oh, no extra huge. charges for hazmat. So it, it's safe and easy to use both while you're applying it and after it's cured. So I'm I'm really happy about that's that. Huge. That's huge. No, that's a gigantic thing. I think it just again, it seems like the more like I was saying in the forums and stuff, you just hear these people are asking these questions like, "What do I do with the bottom of my boat?" and and it just seems like wetlander right is is everywhere. Um, but so so you know so it's good. This is a good thing to have out there. I mean, what else should people be know? Should we know about this? If somebody's thinking about getting this, any other things you want to just uh, talk about here that we're missing? Uh, no, just be prepared. I mean, first of all, people can call me directly at virtually any time. My cell phone number is all over the website. So if anybody wants to talk to me, if they're in the middle of a project and they have a question, they can just call me or text me. I can be hard to get a hold of sometimes because I'm busy and I'm on the phone with people all day. But if you leave a voicemail, I will always get back to you. If you send me a text, I will always get back to you. So um, that's what I want to get people to understand is, is we sell this product all over the world, all throughout the United States, all throughout Canada. But you can always call me. I'm the wetlander guy for this company. I yeah. live it. I breathe it. And you can always get in touch with me. So that's important to me because all I do is talk to people all day long and help them hopefully solve their problems. You're not going to get some stranger. You're not going to get a computer. You're not going to get somebody in India. It's just me. Yep, yep that's cool. And and the wear lawn, can you just talk briefly about our, the product there? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what is that affiliate with? Is there any other products we would be familiar with that that's affiliated with? What else do you guys do? Not really. That, that's mostly in construction, aerospace, um, in manufacturing sectors, things like that. Um, we oh, manufacture gotcha. these these products to be used in other manufacturing plants. Um, I just talked to a guy 
who works with Quickrete, and he has three boats that he wanted to coat, and he found out about us by using the Wearlon products in their Quickrete factory to keep you know powdered cement moving along their conveyance lines and, oh, yeah. and things like that, and easy clean and stuff like that. That's so we're true. in a lot of different avenues within industrial coatings, but with Wetlander, it's it's basically just me on the phone. You just you and what uh, like I mean I'm guessing Wetlander is a pretty small percentage of the overall business. Is this all connected to one, or is this like a side thing it's, you got going? It's all connected to one. So I work for Wearlon and I dabble in the other parts of the company, but my main focus is and always has been Wetlander. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we do that on purpose because it's a retail market, and we want people to talk to an actual human, and talk to the same human every time as much as possible yeah um but yeah i was just thinking you know coffler when he was talking it was a really cool story i'm not sure if you know the whole story there you but. know I, I listened to that podcast and uh i was thrilled that you guys were talking about wetlander joe's a great guy i've known him for a few years um and he uh he's got a special place in my heart because he's one of the few guys out your way who's got wetlander on store shelves Oh, no so people can go in to Coffler Boats and just buy it right off the rack, which is great because I have a lot of customers. We're, I'm in upstate New York. Yeah. And our factory is in upstate New York. So we have to ship. That's a five business day ship for guys to get this coating. Yeah. Um, if they can walk into Coffler and pick it up, that's just that much faster. So Joe's a good guy in my book. That's it. Okay. And and who is the the boats out there? I mean, I think Stealth Craft, there's a cup, there's not too many, but are there any other uh, drift boats you're working with out there? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Rogue River, um, Stealth Craft. Um, we've I know the guys at Willie's and yeah. Hyde both recommend Wetlander. Oh cool. They don't apply it because I think they they're kind of just they do what they do and, oh, yeah. and you know, you know, yeah. they just recommend it to customers who ask, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, but you know, we work with a lot of the bigger guys and a lot of the smaller guys. It, it tends to be a one by one basis. A customer will come in and say, Hey, I want wetlander on my boat that you're building. And they say, okay. And they call me and I, I send it out to them. But Koffler is the one who, who's got it on store shelves again. So yeah. if you're in Oregon and you want it that day or within a couple hundred miles, yeah. that's where you go. That's where you go. Okay. That's it. That's it. And who is, you know, for your, for the wetlander, it sounds like we've been talking about the, the target customer, but you know, describe that if you had to say who that person is for, for you. Oh, that's a good question. Um, we sell basically to sportsmen, uh, hunters and fishermen with shallow water boats, with boats that go through shallow water. So it's air boaters, it's jet boaters, it's drift boaters, it's mud boaters in Louisiana. It's John boaters. It's guys in the great lakes who just want to seal up their boat. Oh, really? Like see, like see it up from seal it up from water leaks. Yes. So it, 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 that's not its primary function. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, people have seen this commercial, right. With the guy where they spray that rubber product on the screen door. Yeah. And so people think, and by the way, that, that doesn't work. I've got a ton of customers who said, yeah, I did that. And it worked great for like two days yep. and it started to leak. And now I've got a nightmare on my hands. <laughs> um, I don't want people to think that if they apply this product, all their leaks are going to stop because it's not the case. You either weld them shut or you use, um, you know, a marine grade epoxy or excuse me, marine grade caulk, like amazing goop or 5200 by 3M. Find a way to seal that thing shut 
first and then put on a wetlander kit as insurance. And I know a wetlander two-layer kit will help with loose and leaky rivets, but I don't want people to put it on for just that reason because you want a two-pronged approach. You want to be able to fix the rivet as best you can and then overcoat it with wetlander, and that'll help a lot. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, um, yeah, so I think I feel pretty good about this. I mean, that's the thing. This is a fairly straightforward deal. We, I think we verify that, uh, you know, you guys have probably maybe the best product out there for, for doing what we're talking about here. Um, yeah, any, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Any other, um, you know, as far as, I guess there's no other things that go along with this as far as resources or anything we need to know. It's pretty much by, um, and can they go to your website? Is that, is that wetland, wetlander.com? Yeah, you can just go to wetlander.com. And, um, and you can reach the online store there. Um, you can find my contact information there. You can learn a lot about it. You can watch videos. Um, you can learn more about our our accessory products and things like cool. that. But it's all things boats. It's all things. What about before we get out of here? I'm curious. You know, we yeah. mentioned this off air a little bit. I've got the other podcast I occasionally talk about here, the Outdoors Online yeah. Marketing Podcast. And yeah, you know, I've got all these experts that come on there. But it seems like you're doing some good things as well with Wetlander. If you had a, a business tip, you know, there's a lot of companies <laughs> out there. What, what would you? I mean, what's been your success? How have you? How have you been able to grow this thing? Uh, I mean, is it just because of the product, or do you have? Other no, I, yeah. I can, yeah, I can answer that very quickly. It's strength of product. Also spending time in the space and talking to everybody who is willing to talk to me. Right. So we have spread through word of mouth more than anything else. It's, it's fishing guide talking to fishing guide. It's guys on forums. Um, it's neighbors talking to neighbors. And again, I know we we seem like we're everywhere now, especially in the drift boat world, but you know, 10 years ago, nobody wanted to talk to me at all. Yeah. They're like, what? What's this new thing? Click, goodbye. Yeah. But after taking pictures and videos and talking to everybody and always being available, and again, it's just the strength of the product. It's a really good product, but you can have the greatest product in the world. But if you can't get people to listen to you or try it, nobody knows. So getting it in the hands of people who could talk about it we're willing to talk about it and then it kind of grows exponentially but it takes it takes a fair amount of time you just just got to stick with it you got to show up every day with a good attitude and talk mm -hmm. to everybody and yep. that's that's where we we've exceeded um our expectations for sure that's it that's it and you build a uh yeah and like you said we, I mean, you built some partnerships along the way you got like koffler is a good example of somebody who's and like here that's exactly how we found you know i found it you know it was through yeah was through koffler um Okay, and uh, and then when when was the date? So when did you actually launch this Wetlander uh, kind of the brand? The Wetlander brand was launched in, I believe, spring of 2011 was when the website yeah. went up. Yeah. So it's been almost a decade. Here. Yeah, there you go, ten years. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. That, that's a good. I always love this because you know, I mean, it's um, on the other podcast. I have a lot of people that, that listen to that, trying to understand, you know, what it takes. And you know, I remember when I got going on the, this podcast. And things like that, um, and just this brand. I mean, yeah, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't happen in a year or two, right? right. It took it took right. years, and there was even years before that some prep to build up to it. So, yeah, um, I think I don't know. It feels like um, you know, five years is is a good amount of time, but ten years is probably more realistic before you really get a lot of 
traction where you're a leader, uh, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes time. You just got to show up every day and, and be available with a good attitude because there's going to be times where you're going to want to chuck the whole thing in the ocean, <laughs> right? When nobody's, nobody's listening. And- when was that, Scott? When, when, can you take us to that time when you were <laughs> chuck, chucking in the ocean? Was there any memories that stick out? Yeah. So there's times like it's a learning curve. It's always a learning curve. So we would do things like, you know, we put up a color chart um, and some that we had a certain color called aqueduct, which was a custom color for a, a customer. in I think New Hampshire who wanted to um, coat an outdoor pond oh, yeah. or a fountain in, in, in a university and they needed to be watertight and all that kind of stuff. And they had this, these colors that we, so we color matched that. And we're like, well, we spent all the time color matching it. It looks like a decent boat color. So let's put that up on the website. For whatever reason, everybody's monitor is different. So colors are hard over the internet. But that color, every time it went out, somebody would call and say, this isn't the color that I want. Every time. So we we scrapped it. But I, I don't like people. I don't like our customers being disappointed it's a lot of work to do these boats and i don't want them to roll it on and be like oh man this is terrible i hate this that bothers me so that's when i get frustrated when the customer experience is is bad so that's when i have my moments where i just want to break things but you know you get through it and you change things and you adapt and yeah again show up every day and have a good attitude that's it that's it yeah and i think that goes back to the service pieces that you know, all companies are going to have some of those things, but it's how you deal with it after the fact. You, right. you know, do you take care of them? And they, they right, yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Quickly, yeah. yeah. And so I have a question for you, if you yeah. don't mind. So one of the things I've neglected over the years is, everybody's going to hate that, especially you, is social media. Yeah. I'm not a Facebook guy. I think it's creepy and weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do understand the importance of social media. Luckily, our customers are very good about talking about Wetlander on their platforms. But I do like the idea of Instagram, even though I know Facebook owns it, yep. because you know our customers are always taking pictures of their oh, yeah. boats That's and huge. doing what they do. And so I set up an Instagram years ago, probably two or three years ago. It's a, it's at Wearlon Wetlander, and I, I think there's three pictures on there. Yeah. <laughs> So that's something I need to get involved with. And I've been stockpiling customer pictures and testimony because um, I don't want it to be me always talking about the product. I want it to be a place where our customers are talking about our product. So it's a place where they can go to dump off their stuff and show people what they're doing. Do you have any advice for me within that regard in a good way to do that, a good clean way to do that where I don't have to feel creepy and weird. And cause I'm not a super salesy guy. Yeah. I don't like talking yeah, about like, so basically, our stuff. I just like answering questions. Yeah. So, so basically how do you do Instagram the right way? And I think, I mean, is that, that's essentially the question, right? That's essentially the question. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a great question for this is why it's so cool. The other podcast, because what I do, I try to do, and I try to focus it on fly fishing brands where I can, but I'll bring on somebody like yourself and I'll, well, I won't bring them on the podcast, but I'll talk to them beforehand and, and ask mm-hmm. them some questions and get some struggles. And then I'll go on and bring these experts. So I might right now bring an expert in Instagram person on for the next yeah. episode and be like, okay, you know, I was talking to Scott and he had this question. Now, what, what do you yeah. do? And then, and then that person's going to walk you through the steps to do it because, you know, to be honest with you, I try to think it, I'm not, you know, the Instagram thing, my partner, again, I think that would be what I would say. Find somebody, have somebody else do it. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Or find a partner, you know what I mean? Or something where somebody that, that really loves it because think about, so here's the first thing. Here's what I'd say. 
you got to love the social media app. <clears throat> if you don't love, if you don't love going on, if you don't use it and stuff like that, you know, and you can learn it, you can check it out, but try it. If you don't really love it, don't do it because yeah. it's just like, why in this short world would you do anything you don't like doing? So that's the first thing I'd say, go out there and try it, post some fit pictures. Well, because in, it, yeah. because it's a huge, it's a huge untapped, at least in our, oh, yeah. um, it, well, I mean, that's why I don't do it because now I'm looking at my phone, I'm scrolling through other people's stuff and then I'm, I just don't want to get caught in the trap where I'm looking for opportunities to insert my brand and myself, which from a business point of view is the wrong way to think of it. From a personal point of view, that's how I see it though. Plus I'm extremely busy and I'd rather be on the phone talking to vendors or customers exactly. than scrolling through my phone yeah. and looking for mentions. So I don't love social media and so I would be miserable. So I think yep. <laughs> what I should do is somebody maybe within the company just hand yep, it off to them. Exactly. That's what you need to do. And I, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's the thing. And in fact, I mean, I'm kind of a, I mean, I've got some help here, uh, but it's mainly me, you know, doing this thing, but that's part of the reason why I'm kind of reaching yeah. out to them. And I have people, you know, that are out there. It's just, I don't have a full-time staff person doing it, but I'm, I'm getting to that point where I think it makes sense. If I can find somebody that's really loves it, you know, and I enjoy it. I do like talking to people, but it's the more of the time thing. It's just like to do it right. Yeah. It's a time thing, but you know, I mean, to build it though, I mean, I think you know, obviously, Instagram, you got to have great photos. You know, you got to have these beautiful things that people want to share and all of that. But mm -hmm. I think it helps to, you know, I think the good thing about you is you have these companies that are using your product, so you know, you could have kind of like them as ambassadors, right? That are mm -hmm. sharing their pics, or leverage your, them a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you're leveraged up. So if you could get somebody that has, you know, a hundred thousand or you know, or whatever, what is just some big audience. You know, it's just like how I met you through Koffler. I mean, you know, yeah. Koffler doesn't have a huge uh, Instagram, you know, audience. But if you find that company that does, you know what I mean? A couple of pics on theirs and like, go, okay, go follow this guy. Here's Wetlander. I mean, like I just followed you, right? And so, you know, but that's how you do it. You know, you basically connect to other people and it's a social, it's obviously social. So um, the good thing is, like you said, you have a great product. So it's going to be very easy because everybody knows it's a great product and you just got to get people to share it. Okay. Well, here's a, here's a, to everybody who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> if you got Wetlander customers, if you have awesome pictures, I like videos best, uh, yeah. but pictures, oh, yeah. videos, the videos are not great. of the bottom of your boat. I, no. I get tons and tons of pictures of people after they've coded their boat because they're proud. They yeah. want to show it to me. And I love that. Yep. But I want to see people out pulling up steelhead, crushing through bony water, yep, that kind of stuff, exactly. going through rapids or sliding over a bayou type thing. If, if you guys have that kind of stuff, please yeah. <laughs> mention it or, or send it to me and I'll put it on. I, I need something to populate our Instagram so I can get my feet wet and get going with yeah. this. And I think the key is to have fun. And I have yet to find a way to have fun. Well, but that's my the customers thing. always always make things fun. So yeah, I'll just lean on them. Totally. And that's the thing you might do is that just provide people an incentive. And one thing, you know, that's really popular on Instagram, and we're actually doing too, you know, we're doing this program where we're giving away we're giving away trips, right? These expensive trips. But you can give away anything, cool. right? So you could give away, hey, you know, whatever, win a, a thing of a wetlander. You know what I mean? Like sure. like sure. that sort of stuff. And then, you know, however you want to do it, you gotta 
again, you got to be, you got to keep it interesting because that's yeah. the whole thing. Number one rule is don't be boring. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if it's boring, you know, that's, that's the worst thing ever. So you got to find a way to keep it interesting. And that, that would be my advice there's nothing technical there, but I will, I will create an episode for you on the other podcast and let you know. Cool, man. Out, I yeah. look forward to that. Yeah. That'd yeah, be great. Yeah. Cool. All right, Scott. Well, Hey, um, I think we're good. What about uh, in the next, uh, you know, six months or so, anything you want to give a shout out to yourself personally or, or the business coming up here? Uh, just spring. We get so super busy in spring and summer. So we're just gearing up. We're getting the facility ready. We're making sure we have all our materials ready to go because spring and summer, we just crush. It's just balls out for, for six months. So, um, and we've had a crazy December and January. It's been really, really busy. We're extraordinarily lucky in that throughout this whole pandemic, our business actually went up yeah. by, by a lot because wow. I'm assuming from the wetlander point of view, a lot of guys were at home looking out, you know, in their garage or standing on their deck drinking coffee, looking at their upt- upturned boat and thinking, <laughs> man, maybe now is the time to work on that project because our sales just spiked completely and have been really, really steady. And we can continue to work because, you know, we're in a facility where, you know, people can stay distant and they're, they're clothed up and masked up anyway. So um, we're lucky in the sense that we've, we've really had a, a good a good pandemic. And I feel kind of bad saying that nobody got sick and we've been really successful and been able to get product out. So I'm happy for that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It feels like we're slowly, slowly coming out of it. You know, it's obviously we we got a a little bit ahead of us. So, okay, cool. And I'll I'll put a link to the show notes. I did have one Instagram episode on, um, it was more talking about hashtags, but um, Jen, uh, she uh, she talked about setting up your your Instagram, so you might ch- uh, check that one out. Uh, I think cool, was, baby yeah. steps. Yeah, start me out. Start me out slow. Yeah, I will. I will. And get this thing going. I will. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was episode three. So uh, okay. So uh, yeah, it's just uh, wetlander.com, and that's um, I guess spell that just for us so we make sure we get it right. Sure, sure. It's W E as in Edward, T as in Tom, L A N as in Nancy, D E R dot com wet lander that's perfect and one random one before we get out of here you're um you're did you play any sports in uh throughout your life high school or college or anything i did i played i played football when when i was in high school there you go football what what uh, what position i wanted to play receiver but um i always i was always the second string quarterback and the first string quarterback always got hurt in the first game or two (laughs) and so i ended up playing quarterback i never wanted to play but i had to Nice. So were you, were you actually passing or was it mostly? A oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were more of a running offense, yeah. but we would, we would pass sometimes. And I think the key to football is <laughs> yeah, uh, run the ball. Well, set up so you can set up play action and then you can throw the ball. So my, my That's beloved right. Pittsburgh Steelers could not figure that out this oh, year. Oh, Pittsburgh. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, yeah, quarterback in, in high school and it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Joe, uh, the episode I think that came out this week on the, on the podcast here was Joe, um, from Red's fly shop. And he talked about how, uh, you know, the, the four yards, right. If, if the NFL team could rush the ball four yards every time they were going to win they, every, every game. Yeah, yeah. They'd win every game. And like, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing to think about that. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Four yards, but you can't do it. It's, it's impossible. To, or not well, impossible, well, if you're running a lot and the defense stacks up in the box yeah. and prevents you from Forces running you. and then that opens up the passing game, at least in theory. So you're always <laughs> adapting just like anything else. Yeah, exactly. Cool. 
Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You don't get off. Oh, what yeah. was the sport you played? Oh, my, mine's easy. Mine's easy. Mine's, uh, well, I had two. I mean, it was uh, baseball and basketball. But uh, basketball nice. was my one. You know, if I could have gone into the, uh, or wanted to go into the pro, it would have been in basketball. I would have liked. I was no, nowhere close to even play college but yeah it was basketball i loved it started out at like age five and my dad was yeah. like a semi-pro and um nice. yeah we had a whole family of basketball craziness so yeah i mean i spent my own it's funny when you think back to it because i think um you know you spend so much time on it right i mean i spent i don't know how many years right 20 years of my life yes yeah, yeah. getting up at 4 a.m the funny thing is now i get up doing this you know as sometimes do i this is take it over it's funny but i've always had that personality right this kind of uh anal compulsive get up and go get them yeah just like just go 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 and um but i feel like it wasn't a waste with basketball even though i didn't play college ball because uh you know the great thing about sports is it keeps you out of trouble you know what i mean sure sure and it also it in my opinion it, it keeps you team-minded i mean you yeah. could be hurt you could be struggling you could be gassed but you're going to keep going because your teammates need you Right, and I think that's that's a valuable lesson for all that's, kids growing up. There's never a waste when you're playing team sports, no. uh, even if you don't make it to collegiate or or obviously pro level, because you learn a lot about yourself and how to gut things out. That's a killer tip. Yeah, that is. I mean, the business tip right there. Do you think about if you have a partnership or you work with people? That's the sure. Yeah, you don't want to let them down. Cool. Right. All right. So uh, this has been fun. We'll uh, connect with you, and uh, thanks for all your time today. And I'll put links to all this, and we'll we'll, we'll send people your way. Awesome. It's been my pleasure, Dave. Thanks. Bye-bye. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes and all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 192. The Gorge Fly Shop. Uh, the Gorge Fly Shop. You can support uh, The Gorge, who supports this podcast, by going to wetflyswing.com slash gorge. That's G-O-R-G-E. Or you can just click over to the website or the link in the show notes. Uh, to take you over uh, to the gorge and if you click through there that'll give this podcast uh, and, and us here a small commission at no extra cost to you it's uh, it's our way it's the way the gorge supports us and how we support you and you support us <laughs> i appreciate it in advance if you've uh, been able to click through uh, that link and uh, so that's a wrap today i hope uh, you enjoyed the show i'm looking forward to catching up this soon hope to maybe see you online or on the river Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.